0: Man, we're nerds. That's confirmed. Lots of good episodes. Got a whole page of good stuff. Cinematic masterpiece. Cinematography. Got half a page of nitpicks. Feel like we've grown as a podcast, like a fungus. This is good because it makes me think. Just the creativity of putting this together. It's a science experiment, and it's going to be funny, fun for the whole
1: family. The most professional podcast on the internet. Keep doing whatever makes you a discerning geek. The Discerning Geeks Portal.
0: Welcome back, discerning listeners, to the Discerning Geeks Portal a look into all things geek we have a special episode today for you Uh, as always my name is David and I am here with my best friend Todd and we are here with a special guest our friend Preston
2: gentlemen how's it going tonight pretty good and greetings, all you hag and and salad dressers. This is your favorite accountant. Are you an actual accountant, or is that a TikTok way of saying you're an OnlyFans content creator? Yeah, here for to. Us. Right. Right. And I'm ready to discuss comic book movies.
0: Woohoo! I got big. <laughs> a
2: couple of good ones. Well,
0: good discussions <laughs> on the tap for this evening. We'll see if the movies are any good. Or you'll see it here if the movies are really good as we talk about them
1: yeah when we roll dice later in the movie or later in the uh, episode, I really hope that there's a good episode for this podcast coming up because <laughs> uh, we we've been in the weeds a little bit lately <laughs> uh, I mean it, it would be this nice is painful
0: to, it would be nice to have a good just fun, good movie yeah. I, I think back to some of those earlier, A Night's Tale, The Martian, that we were all just glowing about and really enjoying. It seems like it's been a really long time since we've had a movie that was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We actually are starting off this evening with a kind of a unplanned for all of our listeners out there. You know, we usually leave our choices of podcast topics up to random dice we call it our well we haven't really named it yet
1: but mm, no, our still, portal of insanity no. um 15 episodes in the season and we still don't have a name nailed down <laughs> i mean
2: you could always call it the random hand of chance
1: random hand of chance mm-hmm. we, yeah we, yeah that's a, that's a good contender yeah i'm, I'm okay with that
0: um but anyway we we always leave it up to chance. Um this episode it was more left up to hey, we watched a movie and we all wanted to talk about it. And so we're going to pull one out of the hat for you that was not rolled. It wasn't on our um list or spreadsheet of of random topics that we had discussed earlier but it felt like it was relevant today, and we wanted to talk about it. Todd, tell them what we're going to be talking about.
1: Uh, I'm going to try. I tell you, this summary is terrible. (laughs) Okay, we are going to review Black Adam. In 2600 BC, a former slave is bestowed with the powers of several Egyptian gods, overthrows a tyrannical ruler of the nation called Khandak, and becomes known as a hero named Teth Adam. In the present day, Teth Adam is reawakened from supernatural slumber, and his nearly indiscriminate path of immediate destruction deems him a threat and a villain, leading Amanda Waller to invoke the Justice Society of America against him. In the ever-increasing complexity of this hard-to-describe story, an even bigger threat comes on the scene, leading the JSA and Teth Adam, eventually known as Black Adam, to save the day together. I usually try to do the summary in two sentences and that took three and it probably still doesn't make any sense. Okay. Black Adam is starring Dwayne Johnson as Teth Adam. Aldous Hodge as Carter Hall slash Hawkman. Pierce Brosnan as Kent Nelson slash Dr. Fate. Noah Centennial as Al Rothstein slash Atom Smasher. Quintessa Swindell as Maxine Hunkel. Or Hunkel as Cyclone, Sarah Shahi as Adriana Tomas, Bodhi Sabangui as Amon Tomas, and also starring Jaiman Hansu as the wizard Shazam, and Viola Davis as Argus director Amanda Waller. Black Adam was released uh, originally. It premiered on October 3rd, 2022 in Mexico City. And there were various other premieres between October 12th and the 20th. But it premiered in the U.S. in wide release on October 21st, 2022. It has a rating of PG-13. It was written by Adam... Stigiel? Stigiel? Uh, I'm not sure I pronounce that last name. Uh, Rory Haynes and Saurabh Noshravani. It was directed by Jaume Colette Sara. And where you can find it, I believe it's on HBO Max. My notes say rent, but I think that's from a previous movie I copied this from. Uh, I think it is on HBO Max right now. That's confirmed. <laughs> Yeah. And that's actually a really
0: good summary. I mean, you were able to summarize. It is the shortest summary you could get out of that. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. You you
0: summarized this six hour movie in only, you know, about a paragraph.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Ridiculous. It's one of those where it was clear they had plans for a trilogy and then they just crammed it all into one movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's a good way to describe it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, we'll 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 get there, I'm sure. But like, yeah. So so
0: let's start off. Let's 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 ease into this and 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 get everybody's just initial reactions. You know, did you like it? Did you not like it? What what did you guys think? Todd, start us off.
1: Okay, I'll go ahead and make the same joke that I made when we watched this together, Uh, and you've already kind of hinted at it a little bit. Uh, The first two or three hours of this movie (laughs) were kind of a mess. I actually started to enjoy the next hour of the movie. But then the problem was the movie kept going for another hour after that. uh, And that last hour was really super convoluted and just way over the top and too much. And it made it feel like the movie would never end. Now, if you paid attention to my words and kept up with the math along the way, you realize that I implied that the movie is four or five hours long. It feels four or five hours long, but it's actually only two hours and five minutes long. So that is one of the main problems with the movie right there. Um, It actually does have some somewhat good or at least intriguing bits in it. And I think it may have had some potential here and there. uh, And I'm sure we'll get to that later, but it just kind of falls apart by just being, too much and just going on too long Um, so and I'm sure we'll get into that too but yeah I think this was another miss by the DCEU
0: Preston what'd you think
1: here we go (laughs) listen
2: the Justice Society of America is quite possibly one of my favorite comics from DC they did two really wonderful arcs with that called Kingdom Come And uh, then that led into another uh, big multi uh, comic event thing, which was, uh, I believe, Brightest Day. But what they did basically was they took uh, parts of Kingdom Come, which is a really amazing story, and crammed it into this movie. But they, like, you didn't do enough to establish the Justice Society of America. So they just look like the X Men. That's bad. That's so terrible. Everyone knows the X Men. The X Men have had, you know, twenty years to um, solidify themselves in the public conscience. This was the, the Justice Society of America's first real exposure. You didn't have some characters that you needed for the Kingdom Come story to make sense. You combine Black Adam with Gog, which is a, a thing that, um yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um, but you see, the core problem is, is this really feels like whoever was in charge wanted to do too much stuff. They wanted to make a trilogy movie. They wanted to make music videos. They wanted to make the rock a star when you just couldn't do it the person that suffers the most is the the poor girl that gets stuck in the the lead female role is the, the um freedom fighter for her um nation I, I believe it was it was a northern african nation that is uh, unique to dc but i cannot remember for the life of me, the name in the comics, it's somewhere in the area of the new democratic Republic of Congo. But, um, that is clearly Northern Africa in the movie. And, uh, Oh yeah. They, they ruined Cyclone who is (laughs) this, you have to understand how much Cyclone is just like this, this nerd character she She's like bases herself around musicals and Golden Age Hollywood movies. And like her whole costume is based around The Wizard of Oz. She has a talking monkey named Frankie. And the best that they can do with that is she has a monkey backpack. Oh, well, wow. I didn't even notice that. And I asked him the monkey backpack was named Frankie.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: I, I'm with you guys. There was so much of this movie that hinted at greatness. And I'm very much like Todd. There was a moment, because we watched this over, um, actually, New Year's. We were hanging out, ready to ring in the new year and and watch this movie, hanging out together. All the reviews had already been out. So I kind of knew that there were some very bad reviews on this. But there was a moment when I was watching it, and I'm kind of like, well, you know, this is not as bad as everybody let on. This is kind of entertaining. I'm getting into this. Here's some cool characters. You know, here's all these wonderful, cool characters. They're coming together. But it just missed, like, all the marks in the end. You didn't develop the characters. You didn't give them a story. Basically, they were just all over the place and and then the movie ended and you're going well that just really was not that good <laughs> so yeah it was kind of it was just a mess and and I'm very much like you I think it was a, a waste of some very very good characters and not only characters I kept wanting a little bit of development of just the setting you know, we're in this, like you mentioned, like an African country, very reminiscent of, like, Wakanda in, you know, the the MCU, where they have this rare element that happens to be in their area. I forget the name of it. Ether? Eternium? Mm. Was that it?
2: Eternium, <laughs>
0: yeah. Eternium. But they never develop a ternium. they don't explain it in any way shape or form there are ships that are kind of cool motorcycle type things that are flying around and you can tell they're somehow per- powered by this element but they don't talk about that at all and, and so it's like they, they didn't develop any of it which was very very frustrating just very frustrating but yeah i, I am not as big of a DC fan. Yeah, I I didn't get into those comics. I I was mostly a Spider-Man and X-Men fan growing up. So I wasn't familiar with the the story, but we had a a good long conversation. And part of that conversation was we learned that Preston was very familiar with that story. And one of the reasons we thought he would be a really good addition to this episode to, to talk about this movie Uh, Because he knows a little bit more of the potential. It was definitely a lot of wasted potential, even in the acting. Uh, I mean, you have these big name stars, The Rock. You've got Pierce Brosnan. I mean, these are big, draw box office hit stars. And in many ways, they just were not developed in any way that made you want to like, oh, I can't wait to see the next one. Uh, and that's a big letdown.
1: Well, now you worded that as acting. So did you have a problem with the performances or were the performances okay and it was just the, the development of the characters that were bad?
0: I didn't have an issue with the acting. I mean, the, okay. the actual performances. I really felt like it was more squandered potentials than the characters. And especially those tertiary characters. Tertiary characters that weren't supposed to be tertiary characters. Um, Dr. Fate and Hawkman show up in this episode. And it's almost as if they just assumed everybody knew who they would be. and And that's okay to a certain level. But whenever you're introducing a new character into a movie setting like this. So many things are have to be slightly different from the comic book that you need a little bit of introduction. You know, I, I hate to do the, the same. I'm going to try my best not to just always compare this to like an MCU. But, you know, all the MCU characters got a, a origin movie. We got Iron Man, we got Spider-Man, we got the Hulk. We got everybody got it. well and those that didn't still got enough background in the movies that you kind of knew their origins. So you get uh, you a Hawkeye and and some of those. so you know what's going on. And these, it was like, here are the characters. And look, they're gonna do cool stuff but we're not going to really let you build any kind of bonding with them or develop them in any way, shape, or form. That was my feelings. How did you guys feel that they treated those those characters?
2: You could have literally put any characters in those roles, and maybe outside of uh, Pierce Brosnan as uh, Dr. Fate, it, it wouldn't have mattered. Like, yeah. okay, Adam... And using his power was pretty neat sometimes. But the reason that Adam is there is eventually Adam and Black Adam become buddies. They do a lot of comedic things in the comics with them. So I imagine that was the point of having Adam in there. It was just like, eventually he's going to be really good comic relief with Black Adam. So we need him in here to establish him. And, you know, they just pick Cyclone because... She's pretty big to comic nerds like me. And um, I don't know why they picked Hawkman instead of Mr. Terrific. Because Mr. Terrific in the comics kind of fills the same role. I, I think I, I should say the, the point of the Justice Society of America in, in the third volume when Kingdom Come happens is here are all of these old, you know, superheroes from the 50s that we have that we're not doing anything with so we'll put them all in this kind of makeshift team and we'll make them younger and give them issues and yeah Bruce Wayne kind of gives you a little bit of money but he's not funding you like he's funding the Justice League so it's not like you have this gigantic mansion with the um, airplane hangar or whatever They're, they're living in basically this apartment building and they have to you know, get plane rides basically from other superheroes or like if, if they can fly, then they fly there. It's not really like we have this gigantic plane and it's full of all this neat technology. You know, here we are. We we're just making them X-Men. We don't have enough time to really focus on anybody. So we're going to whittle down this team of dozens to two. And, uh, and then we're going to stick Dr. Fate and uh, Hawkman in here because we need them. Also, we have The Rock being The Rock. Listen, can we talk about the music videos? (laughs) Because there's so many action scenes in this movie that are just music videos. And that's fine. I get it. Listen, The Rock comes from wrestling. And wrestling really uses the music video package to its full effect to to get things over and like establish story in shortest amount of time possible. And this was just like oh we have the rights to that Kanye West song power let's make a huge action set piece around that song because that would be cool in like 2013 they 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 did another one where it was just like oh no if you, if you haven't understood the spoiler to coming spoilers. Oh, now here, here's a guy and he, he's gone to the bad afterlife and he's becoming the demon Lord and, and going to raise up and we're going to put together this kind of vaguely black Sabbath sounding orchestral piece so he can rise out of the ocean. And, uh, yeah. Wow. Mm, that made me angry no well, and the, the sad part was they, they really wasted this the, the family that they built what was her name the, 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 anyway we'll just call her the mom the mom, the brother, and the son they were fine they were they were fine yes we've seen it a million times but you know they, they did a decent job and you're speed running this movie Just boom 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 plot point plot point plot point so you, you have no time to establish anybody. As I say, you establish this family, but they don't really have any superpowers. Why do I care about this nation other than they're obviously, you know, poor from what the scenery shows and being exploited for their resources? But, like, beyond these three people, I don't know anything about these people. Like, it, it, it's just squandered and rushed. Very yeah,
0: rushed. it's it's actually kind of funny because one of the strengths that I did have, things that I enjoyed in this movie, was the soundtrack. I, I thought that they they had some fun songs that matched well with the movie. Um, but I am actually I I do agree that at times it did it felt like, hey, let's do a put this in there more as a a movie music video montage type thing then then focus on the story right, um, right so yeah yeah what'd you think Todd? about what
1: specifically because <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, well, I'm trying to think of yeah, a direction a there. to go with this yeah
0: uh let's let's start with just the music what would you think of the music and the, the I, I don't right?
1: remember I, oh, I don't remember, it, and I'm remember. and I'm actually playing. Yeah, I I don't remember, so I guess it neither impressed me nor bothered me. And I'm actually playing the movie right now to kind of refresh my memory on some of the things that happened. But I'm obviously I've got to have the the sound down on it. So yeah, the the music didn't really register to me. Um, I was kind of more concerned about. The length, the pacing, the structure of the story. So I might have more to say if, if and when we get to those topics.
2: And I feel like I've I've said all I can say about the music. You know, yeah. it's it's one thing to say, "Oh, well, you 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 didn't need this," or you know i don't i don't know why you did this it's another thing to sit, to for me to sit here and be like okay this is clearly the rock going to the studio and being like guys listen at my old job we used to do a lot with music like we used to get a lot done with like a song we made limp biscuit one of the most <laughs> important points in history and like the wrestling fans still genuinely Unironically, have feelings towards Lent Biscuit my way because of how it was used at a, at a WrestleMania one year, and I think that was kind of the mentality he had going in here, and I it, it did not work and clearly because Todd didn't even remember anything of it.
1: Yeah, no, no. <laughs> sorry,
2: it's fine. It's I mean that's that's the sign of a bad movie if you don't remember anything. Well, and, Other than and how it made you angry, I do feel like
0: the biggest glaring issue that we that we've all talked about in this movie is part is the pacing, right? You know, I mentioned it in mine, and 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 Todd, you've mentioned it a couple of times, and it's it's on multiple fronts. You have a movie that feels like it's so so long. And yet, in all of that time, there's all these interesting things that you didn't explore in any way, shape, or form. Um, The characters, the setting, you know. and, And so it's like, there's the feeling that you had plenty of time to do it. You just didn't. So, what were you doing with the time? <laughs> and <laughs> one, of, one of the things you were doing was just making uh, music videos uh, versus telling a, a compelling story. So, Todd, talk us to us a little bit more about the pacing. I, I know you're you're ready to to unleash on that one. So, I, yeah. I want to hear your thoughts.
1: All right, well, like I said, I'm, I'm playing the movie right now, and it's approximately 16 to 17 minutes in before we actually get to Black Adam. Now, that by itself isn't that bad, because there are a lot of movies that might wait approximately that long to finally introduce their, their main character. The problem is there's a lot of stuff that happens before that, and there's such a ton that happens after that. And it's all complicated and convoluted, and so it, it's part of their being too much in the movie. So before we actually get to Black Adam, we have to have a flashback that goes all the way back to 2600 BC to set up the backstory of the country that, that Black Adam comes from uh, the whole uh, slave labor thing, what they're looking for, which is the attorney. And we have to set that up. There's something about a crown. I'm still a little bit confused on what the crown does. <laughs> Uh, Then once we get into the present day, we've got to get to Sarah Shahi's character and her son, because one of the challenges that I think this movie had right away is that it is a movie that is based on what they call an anti-hero. But let's face it, that's basically a bad guy who does good guy stuff. And so you've got this Black Adam who comes out just once he is introduced. and, And again, we're kind of going to spoilers here. He kind of just starts indiscriminately just killing everybody. And luckily, he does happen to be killing some bad guys. So, okay, I, I guess we looked up uh, that he is killing bad guys. But it's not like he's trying too hard to tell the difference one way or another when he's first awoken. Uh, but the reason that Sarah Shahi's character is there is basically just to have... A sympathetic character say, OK, yeah, sure, he's killing everybody, but he's an OK guy because when he got to her and her son, he kind of stopped killing. And we need that to say, OK, he knows how to stop when he meets somebody who looks nice. And so that's basically the reason she's there. Also, I think she's kind of instrumental in waking him up, maybe not in, in intentionally, or maybe it is intentional. I, I think that's the part of the movie where I, I'm not sure I was totally paying attention. And also on top of her and her son, she's also got a brother. And so he's in there to like, I guess, be comic relief or something. So it's like we've got these three characters on top of all the other characters we've already talked about, such as the Justice Society of America. Also, uh, somewhere along the way in these first fifteen to twenty minutes, Dave, you mentioned that we get a little bit about the this nation that kind of is uh, reminiscent of Wakanda a little bit, and how there are these high tech hover bikes, and I think the high tech hover bikes are mostly manned by this. Uh, kind of street gang. And so mm-hmm. we've got the street gang on top of everything else. And and later there's a part of the movie where the street gang, they're trying to kidnap Sarah Shahi's character's son for some weird reason. I don't even remember why that is in there. So that's another subplot that's going on. So you've got all of these complications on top of developing just how much uh, the uh, our main character, Black Adam, has all these godlike powers, how the Justice Society of America is brought in to try to stop him. But like I said, I, I kind of got sidetracked, but you, your challenge is that he comes in looking like a bad guy. But of course, he's the title character, which means eventually he's got to be the good guy. So even though he's just Killing everybody, you've got to somehow bring in the Justice Society of America, find a way of getting them to fight on the same side. And I think at first it's to try to bring down the gang. But then later the gang is kind of taken care of. Then there's another villain that is even bigger and badder than Black Adam. And so then you've got to have Black Adam again go against that bigger, badder villain. It's just too much. It's just too much. Yeah. I think by the end of the movie, well, and I think that's another problem that I joked about uh, in that last, hour, which really, I guess, was pr- probably more like the last 20, 30 minutes, is the movie has several endings. You have something, it feels like, okay, this this movie is about to end on some closure. Well, no, it keeps going. And then you think, oh, something else is happening and oh, the movie is ending on a cliffhanger and we're going to get more in a sequel. No, well, no, the movie's still not done. It still has like 20 to 10, 20 minutes to go. In fact, if you remember while we were watching it, Dave, I asked you to pause the movie because I was like, how, how much longer do we have to go? And I think we still had a half an hour to go. And it felt like the movie should have ended two or three times already. So, yeah, structurally, the movie is just a mess. And I felt like there were several times where I thought this should have been corrected in the script phase. Somewhere along the line, somebody somewhere should have been quality control, whether it was a producer, a writer, uh, a uh, a test group like a test screening group or something. Somebody yeah. should have said this movie's going on too long and it should have ended already. Kind of like me rambling right now. So yeah, those, those are my big main problems with the movie uh are are the structure and the pacing and I'll I'll shut up and give somebody else a turn.
0: And I, I want to expand a little bit on
1: and again, spoilers
0: for all those who are listening. We we were going to spoil this movie for you, but there is nothing to spoil. And so I feel bad if you think that we messed up anything. But in many ways, they wanted to keep kind of baiting this character to be one way. And then, aha, we tricked you. The backstory is actually this. And then it was like, ha ha, we tricked you again. We, You thought you knew all the backstory, but it's actually this. And then again, it's like, ha ha, we did it to you again. You kept thinking that it was this story. And in reality, there's this other stuff going on. But the problem is they did it in such a way that by the time they are doing those reveals, you really don't care anymore. <laughs> You're like, OK, this was not an M. Night Shyamalan type aha, uh-huh, ooh, we got you, that was really cool kind of fake out, it was okay, you thought this character was this, but it it's slightly different, and here's a little bit more about their backstory, and, and here's another one, and it was almost as if they were feeding us this 5,000-year-old backstory a piece at a time rather than just kind of giving it to us and letting us know what was going on And then telling a really good story about that character in the present. And so, um, and I don't know, and Preston may, um, he may be able to speak on it a little bit, but I don't know how much that origin story matches what was actually in the comics. If they were just trying to kind of feed off of something that was there in the comics to begin with. Because that does happen sometimes in the comics you have like a part of an origin story and then a couple of years later they're like oh but here's some new tidbits about the origin that you didn't know and it makes you look at it a little differently um so maybe that was what they were trying to pull out i don't know but preston what do you think how did it compare or is there even a comparison to the original
2: kind of story here's here's the thing about comics right It's all about, you know, eventually the comic book, you know, publishers sit there and they say, okay, this is all too dense. There's just too much going on. You have to read this issue and that issue to understand this issue. No one's going to buy it. So we have to do this grand reset. As I speak, I think there's been two or three grand resets since the last time I read the Black Adam origin. So maybe more of that is correct than not. Yes, uh, Black Adam does get the, the powers of Shazam and he he does abuse them. But the the, the the way that the powers are described was Black Adam's son, Ted Adam's son, gets the powers... And he, he does a pretty good job with it. He's, he's righting the wrongs. He's being a superhero. Everything goes great. Then he goes and, uh, goes and meets his parents. And his parents, uh, the evil king, is waiting to ambush him at his parents' house. And his parents are dying. And in order to save his parents, he transfers the power of Shazam from himself to his father. And in the process, ends up dying himself. Uh, This kind of sacrifice is interesting and fun um, in in terms of giving him emotional weight. But um, in the Justice Society of America story that I read and have, um, he just he he has the powers. Like he got the powers after his family was killed by the evil king and he just abuses them that is part of the reason why the next time we get a shazam it is billy it's the little boy you know it's 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 the kid that has not yet been corrupted by vengeance and you know it can be molded into superman basically and so That's a place where they got it kind of wrong. Another thing is that when I say Kingdom Come, this is where I have to tell you about Magog. (laughs) Okay. Magog is this gigantic alien that shows up and just starts granting all these wishes. Like, the Justice Society of America shows up and he starts granting these wishes. And he brings... A character back to life, gives them a suit of golden armor, and calls him Gog. Now, if, if you were paying attention during the movie, which I don't know if you could, um, <laughs> you the stop. the eventual end piece of our demon lord main bad guy, surprise bad guy at the end, there is he he tries to put on the golden helmet of Dr. Fate. but cannot. It goes to Hawkman. And this is really where it's like, oh, that was just, that was just, you know, Gog. I don't know if they mentioned anything about it, but the big thing about Magog is he has to stay on a planet for seven days in order to bind himself to that planet. And then should he ever be forced to leave or kill, the whole planet will die. So he basically becomes the, the de facto... Uh, host organism for the planet and all of the people have to serve him. I think that was where they were going with a lot of that stuff but then Skybeam happened and I don't know. The, the thing about Black Adam is he doesn't want to do anything like in the comics he's very hard to get him to do anything. He would just rather sit and brood in his room not really help anybody, not really hurt anybody until absolutely forced to. And I don't, I don't, I don't see any situation where he was forced. I don't see any situation where he would want to even stay in his city or the nation. Like he says at one point, this is not the nation that I knew. So why am I here? And, God bless that little boy. He tries so hard to act his heart out and get, you know, the rock to care. But there was nothing in that performance that made me think, yeah, I'll stick around and risk my entire life for for this nation.
0: Yeah. I'm a big believer that I've mentioned it multiple times on this podcast that the villain makes the superhero movie. A lot of times when you have these people with these, Superpowers, you know, almost godlike powers, or in this case, very much godlike powers, because they kind of talk about how he was kind of bequeathed with these powers of the gods or whatever. To have a convincing bad guy, you can't just take a normal bank robber and say, Oh, I'm a bad guy, because they just vaporize them with the lightning bolt in two seconds and the movie's over. So you have to have a story and a bad guy to drive the plot. In Black Adam, I think they tried to have two, in a way. They kind of had this ruling gang, or or it's kind of part of the government, or part of this—they didn't really explain it. This group that has these flying cars, yeah, gets to rule, and then at the end we have— this person who gets this crown and becomes um, the devil on earth that they have to fight. Um, as a matter of fact, they even had a scene where he actually like dies and goes to hell and then comes back. And but anyways, yeah. um, so these are the big bad guys. So I want to hear from you guys as to how these bad guys rate and how you think they hold up in this movie.
2: So, I, I, like you, I was never clear on what what the uh, the first oppressing group was. So I'll just go with what I think it was, was Amanda Waller's secret oppression force in Africa, which that's, there's a lot of baggage there. Uh, you know, black woman oppressing Africa. Yeah, let's, uh, there's a lot <laughs> yeah. going on there. But no, I, we, we were never really clear as to who the original oppressors were in our fantasy nation. And then we have the evil resistance fighter. um, The, the main character, I'll just call her Sarah because that's her real name. So we have Sarah and she's got good intentions. She's trying to overthrow the oppressors and everything. But then we have random evil dude in, in the resistance as well. And he just wants the power of the crown and the power to basically become hell's champion. Which is strange in and of itself. I don't I don't know I don't know how you could read that and not say, well what's the what's the hell doesn't really do things for for its own good. There's always a catch You know, I I saw those Hellraiser movies. I know, you know, you open the box for ultimate pleasure, and pleasure is pleasure of hell, which is not exactly uh, fun, if you if you catch my meaning. So yeah, I, I I don't think it. They were one of them was undefined and just kind of there, and the other one was more. I guess we just need a guy to blow up at the end. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you.
0: What about you, Todd? What would you think of these bad guys?
1: Okay, so in a way, we have three villains. We've got the uh, the gang, the terrorist group, whatever you want to call them. This group that is kind of terrorizing the city and, and has a hold on them. And like I said, they capture the kid at some and stuff like that. So in a way, this this gang is one big collective bad guy and there is kind of a leader and he does become instrumental in something later on, but in a way they're kind of one kind of bad guy. Then you've got black Adam who himself is kind of a bad guy in some ways, at least in the fact that it's mentioned a few times in the movie that most heroes don't kill and he doesn't have any problem killing and kills a whole lot. Uh, and then you've got, the thing that I've already mentioned earlier, this bigger bad guy who comes in the end, because, of course, there's got to be something for Black Adam to kind of become the, the good guy to fight. But that villain is introduced. And, and I ha- actually had to fast forward to, to that part of the movie because I forgot how and when that thing came about. But that last villain is introduced in the last 30 minutes of the movie. And so it's not like you're even familiar with that villain up until that point. And it's still kind of convoluted exactly who or what that villain is. And maybe that's my fault. Maybe I didn't pay that much attention to the setup. I know it has something to do with the crown that's been there since the beginning of the movie and something about its power being unlocked or whatever. So you've got three villains, except the gang is basically there just to be a stand-in villain until you can get to the bigger bad at the end. The bigger bad at the end is not developed, and the bad in the middle is... Black Adam himself, who is really ultimately destined to be a good guy by the end of the movie. So in a way, you don't have a really great bad guy at all. Uh, It's not like uh, like a Batman movie where you have a Joker who's Joker all throughout or a Thanos or a uh, uh, Hela in one of the Thor movies or something, it's not like you have a bad guy who's there near the beginning and gradually gets developed and becomes more and more powerful throughout the day. You've got three bad guys and none of them, yeah. They're, yeah, all no. either, they're all either convoluted, not a bad guy, or definitely a huge bad guy but with no development. Uh, so, yeah, none of them rise to the occasion of being a decent villain.
0: Yeah, and I had almost forgot that, you know, there in that last 30 minutes somewhere, we have a, what would be a short that they would show on the Disney Plus channel for Marvel. We get a whole like zombie movie. (laughs)
1: <laughs> they just Oh, I forgot about these. the zombies. Oh, my goodness. Another element. And I don't like zombies. Big surprise.
0: <laughs> they just randomly threw in there. It's like, oh, now we got to fight these zombies off. <laughs> it's like, what yeah. the crap? Where did that come from?
1: <laughs> because as, as if it's not enough that you've got your new big bad, who's introduced in the last 30 minutes, <laughs> fighting Black Adam, as if that's not enough, because of this evil coming about in the last 30 minutes, it also affects other people. People or corpses or something. Yeah. Like, I, I can't even remember. But there's like, uh, yeah, basically a zombie army. And I'm like, that doesn't <laughs> need to be there. But, you, but you've already got all these other characters, such as the Sarah Shahi character, her son, her brother. Uh, yeah. and, and you've got all the citizens of this country. You've got to build in the whole thing about how the country has to rise up, too. So you've got to have all the citizens fighting something, too. So, of course, there has to be a zombie army on top of everything else. The movie just has too much in it. it,
2: it, it it's really like you, you tried to speed run an entire Marvel phase in one movie. Yeah, one movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's Phase Three, like,
0: but we're going to do it in one movie.
2: <laughs> exactly. Like okay. I, I, I completely blanked on the zombies too, and now I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh yeah, there were zombies in there. I felt. Oh that was- great.
0: So much of this that it was
2: like, hey, you know, in this
0: movie, this was really successful and and meaningful and impactful. We should do that, even though we really haven't developed it in any way, shape or form. And what I mean by that is for those who are fans of the Hunger Games. You know the whole thing with the hunger games is you know she holds up her hand and kind of like all the people rise up with her holding up her hands in a certain way and it's kind of like a nazi salute or something no i mean that no, it's really not but um you know that that inspires the people and it was like you know we need to do that in this movie well, we can't do the same thing but we'll hold up our hands that look like a triangle why mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I don't know i mean it, it would inspire people <laughs> it's like and it's like, well, we need to have zombies. Why? Because zombies are really popular. Everybody likes Walking down. Okay, yeah, let's let's throw some zombies in there. That's a good idea. And they had all these elements that they just kind of threw in there. Um, I almost felt like it was writing a movie by like rolling random D anD D encounters. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. wait. I've I've got a chart of random events that must happen. Okay, I rolled a 32. Okay, on the chart that means that we uh oh, we have to go into a cave and fight these guys. Okay. Uh, I'll roll a 64. Okay. So that means I mean and, and that's that felt like the the whole plot. They used just randomness to, <laughs> to generate the movie.
1: Well, um, now, now I don't I don't know because when you use the the comparison of D D random encounters, those are usually things that you throw in. Uh, like if you're traveling somewhere, right, like uh, a filler. If, you know, if you're on a road, yeah, you've got to have some kind of filler and 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 do something along the way. Or if you're in a dungeon, you know you go to a, a new room that maybe you didn't have planned out, so you throw something random in there. Mm-hmm. It's not so much that because, like I said, it actually had a purpose because there's this whole thing about how Black Adam is kind of this hero of this nation, conduct. and so you've got to have this element. Well, well, you don't have to have this element, but they insisted on putting this element in of him also being somebody who inspires the people. So you've got to have something for the people to fight on top of all the heroes and villains and antiheroes. And so the zombie army was put in there. It it does have a purpose. It's for the people to have something to fight and to have something to rise up against and to, like you said, do the whole triangle symbol and everything. So it has a purpose. The problem is there are just too many purposes in the movie. (laughs) So it's like, yes, there's a reason for it, but stop having reasons to put more stuff in. Um, And in fact, that reminds me of something that, that Preston already said was the sky beam. There was a moment near the end of this movie where I was like, they're just not leaving anything out. Oh, but wait a minute. At least, at least they don't have a sky beam. Five minutes later, oh, look, there's a sky beam. Because that is one thing that even Marvel kind of gets criticized for is having a sky beam in almost every other movie. And it's like it becomes this trope. And I was like, well, you got to give them credit. They don't have that. And they stuck that in this movie, too. They didn't leave anything out there there needed to be somebody editing this movie but not just digitally editing the footage but editing the script itself and saying there's got to be something we can take out and what worries me is what if they did what if they did already take stuff out and this is the condensed version that is worrisome
2: yeah no i'm with you well, guys, we are. I, I can I can just imagine like this gigantic tome, uh, like like a dictionary size script. <laughs> yeah. This originally was. Uh, do I have to read all that? Because I'm still holding on to the idea that it was three movies. It had to be three movies.
0: I, I can easily like, see where it would have been. Yeah. Yeah, and somebody and, and
2: decided it,
0: there, it's just a little too thin. If we did three movies, it would be a little too thin. So, so we don't want to budget for three. Let's just cram it all into one. And it may be a little. Let's cram it all into
2: one. So, like, there's just like this guy. I just imagine this guy sitting in front of this trilogy script, like this tome, and like I, I'm envisioning a guy that kind of looks like um, to use a, a reference. Uh, if you watch Red Letter Media, I'm picturing a guy that looks like Rich Evans, just sitting there ripping out pages of this whole chapters. He's ripping
0: out whole chapters, like 10 pages at a time. Oh, nope. That, that's got to yeah. go. <laughs> that's got to go. Oh, my God. Mike, Mike, it's got to go. i got to get the sky beam in. i got to get the
2: sky beam in. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, gentlemen, we are running towards the end of our time for this episode. Um, okay. For all of our listeners who listen regularly, you know, we have our lightning round where each of us will have a chance to speak for 30 seconds, anything we want to about this movie. And then we will have a, our section where we'll each put a rating to this movie, some kind of number or letter or system that you can compare it to others. Um We'll have to see what Preston's is. I don't know that we warned him who's going to have to have a rating system at a time, but he'll, he'll get one. <laughs> <laughs> and I have one. I have one. Lift off and the clock is
1: started. Lightning round.
0: I guess we have to roll for initiative, don't we?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Let me give my dice. Right, I have a magic dice bag.
0: Fifteen. Big old nine,
2: or is it a six? Right, nope, right. it's a nine. I
0: got a ten, so it looks like Todd you're up first.
1: Okay, I don't have too much to say. All right, ready and go. Uh, virtually no character development or even a personality for Cyclone, and her power wasn't very useful in this situation. The JSA layer seemed too much like a rip-off of X-Men, especially the scene of the jet taking off. Why was Amanda Walter associated with the JSA and Superman? Doesn't she handle the Suicide Squad? Uh, also, uh, I do kind of like the JSA. I like the idea of them. I like the casting. I like the characters. Uh, I think they could have been developed a little bit better, but I also can't help but wonder if they were one layer too many on, on top of this movie, and if they had to be in there, at least develop Open world. Uh, yeah we, we we spent so much time trashing the movie we really didn't get into pauses very much but i would consider the jsa to be a positive or at least semi-positive i mean they were actually yeah. somewhat decent but just uh i don't know uh just too much yeah okay uh preston are you ready yes okay and
2: <laughs> go Please give the Justice Society of America their own movie, please. <laughs> Look. They just put put make a damage movie, make like put Judo Master in there. Get Stargirl, get Mr. Terrific. We can we can save this. We can salvage this property. Like there there's enough there. There's something interesting about this group of losers with superpowers. They barely have any money trying to like figure out who they are and save the world.
1: I like it. <laughs> How many members are there usually in the JSA? Generally speaking, there's anywhere from eight to 12. Oh, wow! Because uh, I thought it was kind of weird that, that this time it was a team of four, and also it, it didn't seem like the ones that they sent were the type that you would send against somebody like Black Adam. That's one thing, uh, that's one other thing I forgot to mention is that you've got somebody who has the powers of Shazam and Superman, yet you send a guy with wings, uh, a guy who can tell the future, a guy who can grow and a girl who can produce wind. And it's like, really that's who you're sending against somebody who has super strength and powers of electricity and stuff like that. It just, it it didn't seem to be a a good match.
2: So, okay. In the comics, the usual, Uh, scramble team is damage and he's a man with uh, nuclear power basically and he can so like his his powers are basically he can produce energy and use like what amounts to a nuclear fusion uh, reaction Mm -hmm. but if he doesn't use it all up it has to be expelled through his body and okay. that burns him up severely. Um, <laughs> then we have Starman, but Starman has literally been driven crazy because he has the power of the stars and because there's all these aliens on all these different planets, he can hear everything. And so like he's just a ball of schizophrenia in like this ultra powered uh, arcade floor suit. You know, like the old arcade floors with like the stars and the spaceships. That was kind of neat. Then you would send um, the Atom, which is which is correct. You would send Atom and you would send either Power Girl or you would send um, Earth 2 Superman, which is Golden Age Superman, mm-hmm. and who's not as strong as our Superman. He can only leap tall buildings in a single bound is faster than a speeding bullet. <laughs> <laughs> and um, finally rounding out the team is Mr. Terrific, because he's the technology guy.
1: Yeah. But still, it sounds like he has some pretty major powers there to go up against right. Against major enemies. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah, it just it just didn't seem like it here. It didn't seem like a very good match.
2: No, they, they literally just picked Cyclone because she's popular. She's, you know, people care about her we'll put her in there and get a few more people in the door They pick Adam again because they got to establish a comic relief yeah yeah because you haven't eaten a
1: chicken and talking to Henry Winkler <laughs> <laughs> all right Dave ready? Uh, I am I am okay and go
0: so Rotten Tomatoes gave this a 39% reviews from the critics and an 88% from the audience so somebody out there likes Oof. it um, Sorry guys I know it's been thin the last couple of years Because of COVID But there are a lot better movies out there than this yeah, And we're going to get back good. to them Do not think that this is The best that we can do We've done so much better in the past We can do so much better in the future And yeah there's just so much left On the table here that left yep, me wanting top. That hopefully we can get More of the Justice Society so now we've got to actually put a rating on this. Does this fall for you guys in that 39% or is it closer to that 88%? Ratings. i curious to see, um, and we've decided that we're going in order of our
1: initiative. So Todd, you get to start us off. Where does Black Adam fall for you? Okay, considering how much time we spent complaining about the movie the night after, right after the we saw it that one night, um, and considering how much we had negative to say about it here, originally I did have it at a D plus. The problem is I then realized one movie I had ranked above that, and I was like, well, it wasn't as bad as that one. And I, I, you know, I did mention there were a few good things in the movie, also. I think my biggest problems are with the pacing and the structure. The rest of it, it's not like I had high hopes for it anyway. So while I still technically don't like the movie, I don't think it rises to the same frustration as other movies that get a D plus. So I did bump it up slightly to a C-, minus and it becomes the 69th movie out of 77 that we have Uh, either reviewed or will review because we're recording one movie after this. And so it does end up in my bottom 10, but not the bottom five.
0: And then Preston, what you got? And you may actually have to explain your rating scale because, you know, we each use a different one. Uh, I don't know if you've chosen one or want to use one of the ones that we do, but uh,
2: how do you want to rate this? So my rating scale uh, will (laughs) be borrowing a bit from um, my wrestling fandom. Uh, As invented by Jim Cornette and Nam Dooley, the star rating system, a five-star rating scale with uh, minus five stars being possible. Oh, wow. And and five stars being the best you can do. This is currently used by one Mr. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer. All credit to him. Um, This movie... Is a one star. Oh, wow. It's, and, and I know as I say that, that, that sounds like, wow, you're, you're really, you're really down on this movie.
0: It could have been you, a negative. You
2: have, one. To, you, you, you have to understand that um, we've left out a thing for you, listeners, that I feel like we should. Yes, the movie kind of ends because there is a mid credit scene. And do you want to know what happens in the mid credit scene? Spoilers. Uh, oh, oh, listeners in, in the ether. Superman shows up <laughs> to threaten Black Adam. To me, that that's not an ending. That's the beginning of, like, another movie. You literally have the strongest man in your entire universe show up and be like, Hey, you're making a lot of people nervous, bruh. What, what are we doing here? That, that's not an ending. Just let him sit on his throne and just be like contemplative, I guess and it, it, that annoyed me so much and the the pacing problems. And I could just feel like my justice society of America movie slipping through my fingers as I watched this thing. It was the worst movie I watched in 2022 and I only saw this and Jurassic park or Jurassic world dominion. So yeah, or at least I should say theater movies, if if I'm counting all the movies I saw, Glass Onion
1: was the best movie I saw last year. So take that for what you will. Okay. And okay. So, i So from I, a scale of negative five to five, you get a positive one? Positive one, yes. See, that okay. that surprised me. I, I was really expecting a negative. See,
2: I, I don't want to <laughs> give it an entirely terrible, like, it, is, is it a minus five stars? No. Because like Sarah Shahi, she tries. The little boy, he tries. The uncle tries, but none of these people are superheroes. It's a superhero movie, and all of the people that I connected with are not the superheroes. Like that's that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. And so that's just where we are. And so like I think I think one star is is comparable because. There was there were good performances in there that I feel like shouldn't be ignored. Yeah. But also it was a complete mess. This was such such a mess. So I'm gonna go ahead and give you mine.
0: There were there were so many moments that I was watching this movie that I'm like, this is bordering on okay. On good. I think the coffin in the nail <laughs> the nail in the coffin. The coffin in the nail <laughs> nail in the coffin was When my nine-year-old looked at me and she was up hanging out with us watching this movie and was like, is this movie ever going to end? (laughs) And she was barely paying attention. (laughs) She was into it. And I'm going, okay, it's a superhero movie. If a superhero movie can't catch the interest of a (laughs) nine-year-old and they're just ready for it to be done. Then they have missed their mark. They have completely yeah. missed their mark. Um, and so, with that, I, yeah, I, I mean, there are interesting parts, and I wanted it to be so much good, so good. And there were so many things that I wanted them to develop that they just missed. That has even telling these guys before we got on, I was trying for a rewatch of as much of it as I could before we hopped on today to record. And even then, I, I fell right asleep and slept through 75% of what I would have rewatched in this movie um, had I been able to stay awake. So, uh, with that, it gets a, a 6 out of 10. And in a way, I think that's generous. Um, the only reason I can give it a, the 6 out of 10 is I do remember a few of those glowing moments where I'm like, this is kind of cool. I, 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 I think there's some cool stuff going on here. But it was cool in the sense that it just was all over the place. And there was no consistent, coherent story that really tied me in and made me want to know more. Uh, Just one more backstory: I've given it a 6 out of 10. And and, um, was that after we watched this, we watched a cartoon short that was all of, what, 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes long. That was... Shazam and Black Adam that was 10 times more entertaining than this was. <laughs> and it was like, that's what they needed to do. They just needed to like figure out a way to compact this story into about 25, 30 minutes. And it would have been just as good. For me, it, it, it tanked a little bit. And, and from what I'm hearing, it's tanked the whole DC um, universe, movie universe that they're going to completely trash everything that they've done before and try for a reboot yeah, sometime yeah. in the future. Um, so we will see. There's good stuff out there, DC. There's wonderful characters, wonderful plots. Maybe after we we spin our um, portal and find out where we're going to go next, we can hang out for just a few minutes and, and talk about where we think DC needs to go next. I don't know. Uh, before we get there, though, I need to remind our listeners that you are listening to the Discerning Geeks portal. And we are here with geeky reviews of movies, TV shows, a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons, books, you name it. Uh, If you like what you hear, encourage others to listen and then make comments on whatever, you know, Podchaser or uh, Apple podcast or however you can rate us, review us. It just makes this a little bit more visible to, for the next person and you can always interact with us find us on our Facebook page the Discerning Geeks portal on Twitter at Discerning Geeks or you could just email us directly we are discerninggeeks at gmail.com Preston I appreciate you joining us this week
1: yeah thank you very
0: much always, it has been a pleasure we have had a good time discussing this movie, even though I think we had more fun talking about
1: it than we did actually watching it.
0: It happens sometimes.
1: And yeah, and I just realized we never did explain along the way where Andrew is.
0: We did not. Um, Andrew has been super busy with wrestling, and this weekend he is traveling with youth group. Uh, he get lucky. Dog is at the beach while we're here, and not at the beach. Um. So, Andrew, we miss you And can't wait for you to join us again um, But, yeah, so he's he's not with us this week But we f- wanted to get some content out there for you guys So just kind of bear with us We may mix things up from here here or there Over the next little bit Until we can, uh, just so we make sure We're getting some good content out for your, for our listeners Because we don't want you to go months without anything from us
1: and just to clarify, it's not like Andrew is randomly body-slamming people in the street or anything. He's actually wrestling constructively with his high school wrestling. Yeah, If
2: he's anyone's actually- body-slamming people in the street, it's me. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he's actually doing that Greco-Roman wrestling. Mamma mia. Not the the rock-style wrestling. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Although we are having fun as a family, and, and I wouldn't the discerning geeks out there to join in in finding a good like persona for him to take if he he goes into that wrestling world. So we're we're working on his alter ego persona, like the Rock, um, that he could be when he gets into the real wrestling world. The real wrestling world. <laughs> That's funny. Sorry. <laughs>
2: See, uh, I, I'm amazed that I was not consulted on this because I know it all. I know people actually in the industry. There you oh, go. really? There you go. Yeah. And shout out to my man, Eddie Kingston. What's up, Eddie?
0: All right. So for that, we're going to wrap up this episode. But uh, did you guys have any suggestions before we cut off for the DCU? I mean, I think we've said we would love <sighs> to see, you know, Justice Society. That's a great place to go. Lots of cool characters, some cool plots that we you could do movies on. But what else? Anything else you guys want to see out of the DC Universe?
2: As a Batman fan, I, I just want the DC Universe to stop trying to be Batman. Mm-hmm. Everyone does not need to be Batman. Let Superman be the bright, shining beacon on the hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let the Flash be this weird, kind of funny dude that has all of these like, down on their luck supervillains that he's trying to actually help. Find unique voices for your characters. Don't just try to make everyone Batman. That's your problem. I do feel like
0: they could almost do like a cut scene of all the DC characters and they're all just looking at the, going, I am Batman. No, I'm Batman. Yes. No, I'm Batman. I'm <laughs> Batman. I could be Batman better than you could be Batman. It's like, no, oh. you're not supposed to oh. be Batman. Oh. <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, they do They do need to get away from the darkness. And they, in a way, they've almost done that with Wonder Woman and Shazam, but it's just not quite uh, enough. I, I think, yeah, I think they need to, uh, I, I don't know, when you compare DC to Marvel, I know people always describe DC superheroes as almost like gods, where Marvel superheroes are regular people who just happen to have either some special ability or some level of genius or, or something like that um, where over in DC, you really do have super powered people. And so it's like, it's a little bit harder for them to be regular people. Um, but one way or another, just kind of bring them down to earth a little bit and maybe humanize them and also let the good guys be good guys. And like you said, let some of them be bright and shining and not all dark. Let Batman be the Batman uh, instead of everybody else being that same character. Um, as far as where they need to go as far as a reboot, um, I don't know if they need to copy the same format that Marvel did, where like, you have a, a single character per movie and you build up and then do like a Justice League or Justice Society or something. Uh, you don't necessarily need to do that. You could jump in and do a Justice Society or Justice League right away and just introduce a lot of superheroes all at once. As long as you just do it right, there just seems to be a lack of quality control. And it just seems like everything they've tried to do has always felt too random while everything over in Marvel has been planned. So, regardless of how you do it, just think about it at a time. I just don't, <laughs> I'm just not convinced that DC is thinking.
2: See, as I, as I was sitting here, I thought about it and I know exactly what they should do. Okay. They should go and they should watch Justice League Unlimited. And they should just make every episode of Justice League Unlimited into a movie. Okay, that's that's 24 movies, and it'll be great. It'll work. Even if you want to go back to like the Justice League, the first Justice League cartoon, and do the Doomsday arc that they did on that cartoon Mm -hmm. um, in live action, that would be great. You get Superman's world of cardboard speech. You get Batman sacrificing himself for the whole team. It's amazing. You get Martian Manhunter going to the Kents for Christmas.
1: (laughs) It's, It's great. Oh, actually, that reminds me of something. This is something that I think I heard somewhere. I wanted you to confirm whether this is true or not. Um, I know that one of the story elements in the comics is that Batman basically has some kind of safeguard against all the heroes in case any of them go evil for some weird reason. He's got a way of stopping each one of them, including Superman. But wasn't there a moment somewhere in the comics, I didn't read this myself, but like I said, I think I heard it somewhere, where Superman asked Batman, what about you? What if you go evil? What is the safeguard against you? And Batman said, that's what you are. Was there a moment like that?
2: There, There is a moment like that. He does have planned fortunate son or uh, the last son of Gotham, which is if he goes completely crazy, what exactly to do? And it usually boils down to either Superman or Catwoman kills him.
1: Yeah. And see, the cool thing there is that Batman, he's just a normal person who has gadgets and a lot of money. But he's also so super well-trained, so super strong for being a normal human that he knows that even to take himself down, it would take a Superman to do it. (laughs) So I I thought that that was a a neat statement in multiple ways because Batman had even thought about that. He's like, okay, what if I go nuts? There needs to be somebody to take me down. Oh, that's what Superman is for. And in a way it's almost bragging about himself because it's like, yeah, I don't know if anybody else would be able to do it other than Superman.
2: (laughs) So nowadays one of the newest additions to the Batman rogues gallery is the Batman who laughs. The Batman who laughs basically asks the question, what if Batman wasn't Bruce Wayne, but was the Joker?
0: Interesting. Ooh.
2: And Okay. Yeah. So, like, there, there's, like, a lot there. What ends up happening is the reason the Batman who laughs is so successful is because, it, like, he, he builds a time machine to go back in time to find Superman before the Kents do... And kill him. Ooh. And that's the only way the Batman who laughs can survive in his universe. Yeah. Just to add an
1: extra layer to what Todd was saying. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, see, see the, these ideas are, are good. These are the type of things they ought to be making a movie about.
0: Right. That's what the I'm Batman t- who laughs. Yeah. Well, there are yeah. tons of wonderful storylines and story arcs. And, I mean, how many just years and years and years of comics and, and plots and things out there that TC can pull from. Like I, I, I'm with Todd in many ways, it feels like they're not trying. It, it,
2: it's movies made by committee. Yeah. It's movies made by guys with MBAs that just look at data. that don't really look at stories that much. And they're just like, okay, this is where the comics, like this is where we sell most of the comics. And this is who we sell most of the comics to. Let's try to take as much as we can from these peak issues that sell volume, basically, and make it into a movie. Yeah, so I guess that Not would realizing be that the volume comes from people being invested in the story for a while, and then everyone's like, "Oh yeah, here comes here comes this grand climax right. to this arc I've been reading. I'm gonna go out and get it and recommend it to all my friends." And since the comics, you know, the backlog is usually like twenty-five cents a comic, you can go you can go in with twenty bucks and pick up the whole arc, or you can wait for a trade and pick up the whole trade for twenty bucks, the same sort of way. And um, they're not they're not paying attention to the story; they're just paying attention to the numbers. Yeah, that's the problem.
0: I think if I was to give advice to DC, it would be this: start with someone who. Loves the comics. Start there. Mm -hmm. Have someone who loves the stories, knows the stories inside and out, a big fan who is then coming from the perspective of someone who loves this material to make the movie. Don't pick random schmo just because they made a blockbuster two years ago that you want to attach a name to the to the movie. Find someone who's a fan and start there because that's where your people, us as geeks and interested people, that's what we want. We want that person who's there to retell us the story in a new way. That's just kind of cool. And they love the material and they know the stuff. Um, That's my biggest advice, but we are run long and, it is time for us to wrap
1: this episode. Well, are, are, are we going to pick something on the portal? Yes, we are. That would be important to do. It, because we do technically have, I think, about or three, three four topics already in the hopper. The problem is a few of those we do want to wait on Andrew for. In fact, one of them is his topic. Well, so we kind of, you know, he, he deserves to be in on that one. But because it might be a while, we might need some variety in case we need to. You know, make other arrangements or whatever. I'm with so, it. So,
0: Preston, okay. you you got a percentile die? Let me
1: let me let
2: me see if I can fish one out of the magic bag. Since you're on you guest. Uh, what what do you need? What do you need? Is it a ten sided or a... two
0: ten sided and roll them as a percent.
2: And I got an eighty two. Eighty two, Todd.
0: Where does that take us?
1: <laughs> oh. oh no. okay. Okay, it's another TV topic. It's one of mine, and if you think it's excessive, maybe we need to try something else. Top 10 favorite sci-fi fantasy horror TV multi-episode stories. (laughs) The reason I'm laughing is that two of the things that we already have in the hopper are top 10 favorite sci-fi fantasy horror TV single episode stories and top 10 favorite sci-fi fantasy horror TV seasons and actually i've gone back and admitted them and said not necessarily top 10 favorite but just favorite in general i've given some yeah. other parameters offline so dave if you think it's a little bit too tv heavy at the moment we can re-roll because we've basically got the single episode stories the multi-episode stories and the seasons if that's excessive maybe we can put this one off um, uh, we'll
0: go with it we'll go with it i like it we'll, are we'll you sure Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay we'll, we'll we'll go with it i think we'll be there um. Yeah. So those of you who listen to us and like TV episodes, um, you got some coming.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In, in fact, I I've been, been kind of curious, Dave, because I know that when those other two topics got rolled, you were a little bit concerned. Uh, have you been able to come up with your your list of single episode stories and TV seasons? I have my single episodes. I don't have my seasons yet. I'm
0: still working oh, okay. on
1: that. Um, so, yeah. So but
0: we'll get
2: there. Uh, well, All right,
1: I could, yeah. And then, Preston, do you think uh, any of these topics are ones you might be able to cover too?
2: Um, I I, I could definitely bring uh, something to one of those discussions. Uh, yeah, you, you got the top the TV, uh, what single episodes or, hmm. yeah, I feel like episodes would be something I, I could do if I, okay. I I could pull in a lot of anthologies. Okay. Um, like I can I bring up monsters. So oh, like yeah. no one knows what monsters is but me. That sounds good. Um, yeah, yeah, You can pull that together.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Sounds good.
0: All right. Well, with that, we're going to call this episode a wrap and hope that uh, you've enjoyed our discussion of Black Adam. Again, maybe you've discovered that you enjoy our discussion of Black Adam more than you did watching the movie. And while our episode ran long, it did not run as long as that movie. and definitely didn't run, hopefully, as long as it felt like that one ran. If it does, let us know, because we need to definitely do some editing. (laughs) Preston, again, thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure.
2: I still want to know if Preston is on OnlyFans, or is he not that kind of accountant?
0: Todd, I enjoyed talking with you. Gentlemen, have a wonderful night. Listeners, continue to do whatever makes you a discerning geek. Have a good evening.
1: Yeah, thank you for listening.
0: Salutations.
1: And may the force be with you. Always. (laughs) Thank you.